In today's episode, we are going way back to the beginning to a key event in both our lives. Keep listening to this episode of The Catholic Money Show. Oftentimes, we'll get asked, how did you guys get started doing what you're doing? One, talking about money and teaching others how to manage it. But then two, talking about it from a Catholic perspective. And the answer to that question is not always what people are expecting. Um, Many times they're expecting us to say something like, Oh, yeah, we were both, you know, finance majors in college and we wanted to be investment advisors. Um, And yeah, we just happen to be Catholic, too. But that's not our answer. No, it's not our answer. And today we get to go back and give you the origin story for both of us in why we are passionate about serving the church. Yes, I think we've told the money story, that half of it, a number of times in a number of places. Absolutely. But today is the Catholic story. It is. We're going to share our conversion moments, for lack of a better term. And what has always uh, struck me ever since Jonathan and I have been married was how interconnected our stories were to one another. We didn't quite put that together in the earliest years of our relationship, but then only after time went by were we able to appreciate some of those nuanced details that maybe came out as we retold and retold and retold the story to one another or with friends. Um, and our both of our journeys are just so intricately connected to one another in a way that only God could have done. Um, and I can't wait to bring you down memory road with us. And so what was that event? Is memory road not the right word? It's a lane. Memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta screw up a phrase on this podcast. I always do. (laughs) Uh, What event is it that we are talking about, Jonathan? Well, it was back, 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 back in 2009. Five. Five. Oh, yeah. Five. (laughs) 2005, January In lovely Denver, Colorado. That was event number one. Event number two was in 2009, but Mm. what was it? Oh, well, it was the Fellowship of Catholic University Students National Conference. Otherwise known now as? The much better marketable term, (laughs) SEEK Conference. (laughs) We are talking about SEEK today and sharing our SEEK stories, even though it wasn't called that back then. Um, And yeah, that's that's what we're going to dive into. And then we are going to share some of the details about this year's or next year's rather, because it starts right as the, the cusp of 2024 begins um, down in crisp St. Louis in January. <laughs> That's a word for it. <laughs> Last year, it wasn't that bad No, it uh, so in that area. But yeah, without further ado, let's tell the stories. So, the, the, so we've got two to talk about here. And I think your entrance into this first one is more exciting and my entrance into the second one is much more exciting. So at least for me, coming on this conference, I thought, all right, cool. Catholic Center's going down to this conference. I guess I'll come with. And you were and at I the time, up. you were going to college on the East Coast. Yes, ma'am. So you, did you fly? We did fly. Okay. 
So interesting. You know, I was from Nebraska, so you're in the center of um, the country, and we drove everywhere. Well, we always had to take 24-hour bus rides. <laughs> it would have been, been 24 hours just to get here, and <laughs> then the other, like, 10 yes, for Denver. Okay. So, yeah, Jonathan flew um, with his group of, of friends mm -hmm. to the conference. My story getting there was a little bit more unique. I'm going to give a little bit more context, and then John will give more context on his story. Um, so when I went down to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in 2003, um, I had recently been exposed to, right before um, high school graduation, Jason Everett and his wife, Kristalina, they were engaged at the time, came and spoke at my high school. And they shared the gospel. They talked about chastity, about true love, et cetera, all these things that they, you know, they've built a ministry on now. And it resonated so deeply with me. And I knew that I'd grown up Catholic, but it, this was not something that I was living in my everyday life, certainly not in my relationships with, um, with boyfriends. And I wanted to change. I wanted to change that. There was something that they were sharing that was calling out to me. And it was Jesus. And I just desired a relationship with him. I didn't know what that would look like. And I didn't have a lot of friends who wanted to take that seriously. Um, so graduated kind of hoping that my faith would be something that I'd get involved with in college, but not knowing how it would shape up. Mm. Got down to um, UNL, joined a sorority of all places that one might meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably not the place um, I should have gone looking for him, but he found me. In the first week that I uh, had pledged a sorority, some girls came up and they said that they'd heard that my faith was important to me and they invited me into their Bible study. Um, I joined and it was as if scripture, scripture was just for the first time in my life. You know, I'd heard it at mass growing up every week, copious amounts of it, um, but it was always kind of just hitting a stony heart. But for the first time, it was kind of like I was receptive, you know, my heart was fertile ground and it was as if the words were jumping off the page at me and everything felt new and everything felt exciting. Um, and I really, at that time, just wanted to give my entire life to Christ. Now, these girls in the Bible study that I was with, they were not Catholic. They were um, non-denominational Christians, went to different various churches, but they were part of um, a, a campus ministry organization <clears throat> that was just interdenominational. Um, and after probably a month, they began to ask me questions about my Catholic faith. And these were not, you know, friendly questions. They yeah. were questions designed to undermine my Catholic faith and to slip me up or confuse me. And they were excellent at that. You know, how I made it through um, Catholic education my whole life and could not answer the most basic of questions about why we believed that Mary was sinless or, you know, why we taught that, you know, infants could receive baptism. I had not one good answer um, to these. And so I just felt foolish, to be honest. And so kind of a tail between my legs, not being angry at the church, but just feeling like maybe I'd gotten the wool pulled over my eyes and, you know, withheld on, mm. I just kind of tail between my legs, wanted to fit in. And I, so I just kind of slowly eked out of the church. Want, like I wanted the answers. I just didn't know who I could go to, to get them. Um, cause at that time, all my, all my solid Christian friends were, were not Catholic. They were non-denominational. Mm -hmm. So I started going to these other churches, etc. 
just getting really involved with this other organization, all in. Next year, sophomore year, I was leading Bible studies. I was in discipleship, um, looking to, to mentor others as well. When I was serving tacos at a sorority philanthropy at two in the morning, and somebody came through the line and said, hey, I heard you used to be Catholic. And it was kind of one of those like <laughs> moments of who are you and how is this information being leaked? <laughs> um, but also, you know, what is the Lord up to right now? She asked me if we could go get coffee. All right, sure. Free? You're paying? Cool. I'll meet you. Well, we meet up and I find out she's she works for an organization called Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University Students. She's one of their staff members, a missionary. Um, she had come from Montana and she told me her story as we sat there and drank coffee, and she had actually converted from be being Protestant into the Catholic Church. And I remember mm. my jaw falling onto the table practically, <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, everybody I know is going the opposite direction. Everybody I know is leaving the church and becoming, you know, Protestant. You went the other direction? And she got to explain why she did. It was really intriguing, but I wasn't quite ready to make the follow. <laughs> now, fast forward a couple months after this, and I get a phone call from her. Mm -hmm. Hadn't heard from her since. Really? No. Wow. You know, we weren't friends. We just met up for this coffee. Huh. And we were friendly. Yeah. But, um, you know, really hadn't stayed too super in touch. And she calls and says that there is a cancellation from somebody who was sick that was going to go on this seek conference in Denver and that if I wanted their ticket, it was free again here. Free, free, free <laughs> was so helpful for my discernment. Here I am on Christmas break, my freshman year, you know, I could have worked, worked more, earned a little bit more scratch. You know, I worked at bath and body works over the break. Um, and in some ways I was looking for a way out <laughs> of that. And she said I could go on this conference for free, but they were leaving the next morning at six in the morning. And could what? I, could I get down there? Oh, okay. Good thing you lived in Omaha. <laughs> I know. Good thing it was only an hour away. And I said, sure. And one of the reasons I said, sure, was I knew some other sorority sisters of mine that were going on this. I didn't believe that they had had conversions to, to Jesus Christ yet. And I thought, oh, I'll go on this. It'll be a great way to just spend a few days with them, helping them to get to know Christ thinking maybe I will eventually invite them into my Bible study, something like that. Holy Spirit's probably up in heaven, completely cackling, because <laughs> cackling. He, he knows what's about to happen. I have no idea. And this is when, you know, enter stage left, Jonathan's story begins to cross mine. So I, I'm going to the thing. We get there. Well, this is kind of cool. I haven't really gone to a thing quite like this. Didn't you not bring a coat? Oh, probably not. <laughs> Something I usually don't do. Is don't bring, bring a, a coat, coat to Colorado in January. Okay, uh, so you're cold. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't remember <laughs> that bit of it. Uh, but anyway, so we're going through, and, and it's it's cool, you know, going to some talks, hearing some things, um, and then I get horribly ill. Uh, I just remember. I mean. I was I was in this room. I think a couple of like guys I hadn't didn't really get to know yet. So he's kind of like, not strangers, but a little bit. And I just like I can't sleep. I can't breathe. I'm so stuffed up. 
So I'm like sitting up all weird in my bed, you know, propped up on the pillows and all that stuff. And some guy has to sleep next to you. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That poor, that poor guy. And I I was like, forget that. I can't. I feel so bad. So you sat in your hotel room. Until maybe like two in the morning. In which case I'd left and then walked down the street. There was a Walgreens. I think it was, that was 24 hours a day. So then I went there, I got, you know, all sorts of medicine and came back. I took some of that, finally fell asleep. And then, all right, we're up for the next day. And I feel like tar. Um, so you're just, yeah, you're, you think this is going to be some awesome no, weekend. Yeah, it was, you're just completely like down for the count. Yes. But I'm like, I'm here. I want to go to the things. And so I, uh, I take a bunch of medicine and then later and go spread your germs to everybody. <laughs> sure. And in the midst of that, I'm, I feel like my head's floating. It's a balloon on a yeah, string yeah. above me. Uh, I tell the missionary, I was like, Hey, um, how much of that day quill was I supposed to take? <laughs> so I had a little bit of a little too much, a little too much, maybe. So you had a miserable weekend. It was terrible. More or less. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And this is one of those details that we didn't put together till much later um, when kind of retelling the story to each other. And when Jonathan told me this, I remembered a term that I was not introduced to until we were later, later on in our lives, we joined Focus staff, um, the term victim soul. I thought it was a joke at first. <laughs> it's a little bit of a joke. It can be used, can as, be a used as a really, really well-played joke. And it has been, and I've heard it in that context. But it's also a real thing. Mm. Um, it's not maybe an official church teaching per se, um, but I looked up a definition of victim soul. And it says, a victim soul is an individual who has been chosen by God to undergo physical and sometimes spiritual suffering beyond that of a normal human experience. The victim soul willingly accepts this unique and difficult mission of offering up his or her pains for the salvation of others. Mm. And I've even now, I there's a couple of religious communities when I had discerned religious life, you know, I was looking around, looking at their different charisms. There was an order whose literal apostolate was to be a victim soul for the world. Oof. Immediately clicked off the website. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't schedule a visit with them. (laughs) Didn't need to do that. (laughs) Melancholic Amanda was not about to go sign up willingly. (laughs) The Lord would probably give me enough suffering. (laughs) Didn't need to go be a victim soul. But the concept was there. I understood it. Mm -hmm. And so here we were at this conference. And for no real reason, Jonathan gets completely taken out. Yes. And at the time, you were probably pretty fresh in just your relationship with God. Oh, yeah. It was a happy little puppy stage. But, you know, a general kind of just offering this up. Yeah. Happened. Sure, sure. Not knowing I wasn't for a, what a, or aware who. of some sort of victim soul kind of a thing. I just, no. Just like, oh, I, feel, I hope somebody's, I hope it's good for somebody because <laughs> it's not good for me. And little did you know, those graces. That prayer went up and the torrential downpour of grace came down mm-hmm. on me. A little old man. Your future spouse who wouldn't become your future spouse for almost another decade. And who knows, but probably wouldn't have become my spouse 
if this torrential downpour of grace and its result hadn't happened. Right, because then we got to tag team. Mm. Still coming. Okay, so we're still there at the conference in Denver um, in 2005. And I'm there the very first night. I remember it was Matthew Kelly and I'm all judgy. I got my arms crossed. He didn't say the name Jesus enough. Everybody gave him a standing ovation, which, you know, now I probably would. He's he's an excellent speaker. Um, I was all sassy. And you just sitting there. I just sat there. I was the only one. You maybe, probably weren't even clapping. I didn't even clap and I didn't stand. I feel so <laughs> bad. <laughs> I was such a little punk. And the next day there it was designed where you know there used to be these these breakouts where you could kind of go mm-hmm. and there'd even be time for some q a at the end yeah you know, it was a lot smaller way smaller. back then this was this was allowed and so i essentially designed my day around talks that had things that i wanted to bring up and i didn't you, know you, who you any designed of these your speakers schedule were. so that through attending these talks and asking your one question at the end could single-handedly dismantle the entire Catholic Church. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How pathetic. How prideful. (laughs) Oh, zealous 2019, 20-year-old Amanda. Wow, was really riding high there. Okay, so I, but I also, there was a seed inside of me that wanted to be proven wrong. Mm, mm -hmm, So it was mm -hmm. kind of, it was a little bit of a both there. Go to these talks. I have no idea who these speakers are. And so the first one was um, on the rosary by Dr. Ted Shree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I asked my question. He knocks it out of the park. He nailed you. Yeah, yeah, he knocks it out of the park. (laughs) The next one was on the biblical walkthrough of the mass with Dr. Tim Gray. Mm-hmm completely again like just, just mind just on you, blowing right? yes like <laughs> like any bible study i'd been to where i thought the scriptures had been opened up it was dead this was where it really came came to life it was amazing and then i hobbled to this third one and, and she, <laughs> you know, i'm limping at this point spiritually and it wasn't with anybody who's a name it was a focused missionary who gave this talk about salvation mm. and um and the role of baptism in that etc you know these are complicated things and at the end i stayed after her after and asked her a question one on one face to face and by the end of it we were both crying and Whoa. I hugged her Whoa. and it felt like the Holy Spirit was just chipping away at my anti-Catholic convictions that had been placed there by others. But that something she said about being saved in my baptism, not when I finally got it together and wanted to give my life to mm. God, there's something there that just made sense of, you know, yeah, he initiated this towards me. Mm. He gave this gift and I, I had to receive it, but he gave it. And, um, he was chipping away all of this teeing me up for that night. Mm-hmm. Focus conference used to only be seek used to only be a weekend. Mm-hmm. Now it's a huge thing. Yeah. Many days, which is amazing. Just more of the goodness. Mm-hmm. So that, that Saturday night, um, Scott Hahn gave a keynote during dinner and he talked about the Eucharist. And of course this had come up earlier in the day during that walkthrough of the mass, but he, he just, the Eucharist is Scott Hahn's thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know that mm-hmm. at the time, but he really, really drove it home that this is really, really Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity present here. If you walk into a room with the, the Eucharist president, present, you're in heaven. 
get your head on straight. And it was just so convicting of, I never heard that. How did I get through all Mm. my years growing up Catholic and Catholic education? And I've never heard that. Mm. If that's true, there's nowhere else. If that's not true, rot row. I got to get out of here yeah. because and they're worshiping some really. Piece yeah. Of bread. The, yes, exactly. So it was this weird, uncomfortable feeling, but also I felt hope. Mm. We, after that go right into adoration. Yep. And I, I watched the priest process in and, you know, he's holding the gold thing, which I now know is a monstrance. And I just said a little simple prayer of, you know, Jesus, if it's really you, I just, I need to know that. Um, and as soon as he turned it around, you know, you can attest to this, but those who are listening maybe don't. I'm not a very charismatic person. No. I'm pretty, you know, cut and dry, practical in my prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I do have contemplative and some mystical things that happen, but from time to time, but nothing like I'm not super charismatic. No. No. No, I'm not speaking no. in tongues, uh, rolling in laughter, like the things that other people get. I don't get those. Mm-hmm. But at this moment, as soon as I locked eyes with the Eucharist, I face planted on the ground. Mm. And all of a sudden, I felt like my body was being squeezed, even though nothing was squeezing me. What? And the only words that I have to describe that feeling was like I was being squeezed in bands of love, mm. which then later on, when I when I read through St. Teresa of Avila's spirituality, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Yes, this is exactly <laughs> what he was doing. <laughs> Infusion of grace. And I heard this inaudible voice inside that said, it's me. And so floor bound was I for the <laughs> remainder of this adoration and the missionary who had brought me was next to me. She's just hold constantly just giving me some Kleenex every now and mm-hmm. again, cause I'm a mess and I'm crying and you know, he, here I am come back to the church, uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked if I wanted to go to confession. I wasn't quite ready yet. You know, I still had all these questions, but if Jesus can become bread here on earth, well, all that's got an explanation. Mm. I just don't have it yet. And so patiently over the next six, seven months, she walked with me on that journey of putting all the other things in order and finding the answers to all the questions Mm. until I was not only, you know, in love with our Lord, but also his bride, the church. So after that experience, you know, I knew that it was really likely, you know, after college graduation, I probably wanted to be a focused missionary too, because I figured there's going to be other girls in this same situation that maybe I could be there for them too, the way that Kristen was there for me. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have gotten there without my victim soul graces. You're welcome. Up in, up <laughs> on a day quill high, fever ridden in his bed was my future spouse winning this moment for me. Now, Let's circle forward a few years. Yep. We're at another Fast forward. Senior year now. And in the meantime, so I had my big conversion. I'm all in, all this stuff. That all happened my freshman year, Mm. George Mason University. Mm -hmm. And then I transferred and left. (laughs) To a place with hardly any fellowship. So I went to a small state school in Western New York State. Uh, there, were, that first year, there were two really solid Catholics. Yeah, I've met them. Who then graduated? Yep. 
<laughs> but that was good. That was a good good way in. Um, there were also some Trappist monks five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I at least had the sense to go down there often and just be in silence and pray with them. But most of the time, I was just kind of looking around. Mm. Uh, Falling into a little bit of a lukewarmness. Absolutely. That area of New York and the university, even though it pulls from a lot of other places in the state, is unbelievably Catholic. Hmm. Just culturally? Yeah. Like more than Omaha. Wow. It's like three quarters or something of the population is Catholic, apparently. But so everybody, you know, okay, I'm looking around and, you know, I, I recognize some people from class here or there at mass. Um, but I'm mostly just kind of looking around a bit of that little comparison. I'm like, oh, I, I'm doing okay. Man, I'm probably I'm doing great comparing all these guys, you know, mm. or my friends, uh, you know, they're doing this on the weekend. They're doing that. I'm not doing those things. So I must be doing okay. So that's going on. Some more in my faith than the average college student, for sure. Which is a fairly Which low that bar. Hard to do. <laughs> but compared to the the mm. growth and the maturation and all of this of if I'm looking at my buddies from that freshman year yeah, right. where they had were getting yep. holy moly, I'm in the dust. <laughs> right in the dust just compared to me freshman year. Uh So I get a a Facebook message, I think it was, from a friend going, hey, there's a focus conference again this year, because it wasn't every year back then. Uh, And we're going, do you guys want to, you want to come with us? Because I'd come down and visit. It wasn't that far away from my parents' house. Uh, So I'd visit from time to time. And yeah, yeah, sure, I'll go. Why not? So I decided to go. And I was in a place where I I had just very natural, just wanted to like, give and serve my I was gonna either uh teach in like inner city New York I was gonna join the Peace Corps Mm -hmm. go to the other side of the world Mm -hmm. do all sorts of crazy stuff Mm -hmm. so I was like I was kind of primed to like all right I'm gonna give myself to something yep so I go to this conference and it's in Dallas somewhere in Texas yes yeah so you flew again again yes we drove lucky me (laughs) those east coast elites So, uh, my freshman year, like during orientation, I fell in with this group of guys and like the one guy who was like, you know, really charismatic personality on this. And uh, so I hang out with them a couple times at the beginning of the year before I had my conversion and stuff. But I, I guess like, they're just kind of mean sometimes. Hmm. Just kind of like jerk, make fun of people, you know, just yeah. it's like, I don't know. So it was great when I met my friend, my Catholic friends, it's like, oh, these people are way nicer and just better you know, yeah. to be around than these guys. Well, I'm go to the airport. I sit down in my seat to go to this conference. I mean, probably three quarters of the plane is our group. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to the guy, the who, ringleader. Who was kind of a jerk. Who was a jerk. And now he's not anymore. And now he's had a big conversion. <laughs> he's super Catholic. And Amazing. now he's my seatmate. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, you? And he looks at me, You? <laughs> It was awesome. So all these little things just started happening. Uh, we're there, and it's it's a couple of days long now. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, man, this this is what I've been missing. 
Mm-hmm. Sure, I've been going to mass. I even go on Thursdays and there's like dinner and all this stuff. But man, people who are really going after it, people who really believe this stuff and care and forming their lives around it, this is what I'm missing. I got to figure out how to get some of this after I graduate. Mm. So this is stoking this fire back oh, up yeah, in you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm getting all wet. And you're up. just like in the wave of grace it, and the Holy Spirit's I'm after you. i with the flow. Yeah, yeah. You're just the going with it. The flowing. Yeah. <laughs> And so going back to our victim soul, Mm, I'm going to have a tiny little role here. (laughs) So Jonathan was oh so sick at that conference where I had those graces that I received that changed my life. And now at this conference, it was by far, I've been to many, many focused conferences, many Sikhs, and this was the most painful. Mm. I won't get into too many of the details because it is rather, rather messy. (laughs) But in the prior six months to this... Um, I had been dating, seriously dating somebody and broken up with them, you know, very like discerning engagement with somebody, broke it off so that I could go discern religious life, Mm -hmm. discerned that I was going into religious life, told people I was going into religious life, like announced it that I was going to flew to this religious order uh, to, you know, spend more time with them. And get, ask Mother Superior. Kind of button up the details. Yeah. Right. Just at that me, point. Yeah. You know, me and like, we all get along. We all love each other. I've been here a couple times. Like it, it's over Christmas. You know, I went out there and it was for a longer visit. And it was, you know, just the, just the formalities now, like mother, can I have the papers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, daughter, I'll, I'll be go. here. I'll be here to enter next fall. Yeah. You know, that was literally how we all thought this was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Prideful Amanda. Here comes the cackling of the Holy Spirit again. <laughs> yes. And again. so I tell her my story. This is Christmas Eve morning. And this is for another time or, or place, but it was kind of a sound of music moment. She says, mm. I, you know, I've been praying about you and I, I really feel like you're supposed to be a, a, um, a disciple in the world. And if you go to another religious order, they're going to take you. So don't. But you're called to be in the world. So Jesus broke up with me on Christmas and I go home obliterated and like ate bonbons in my parents' basement for five days, binging television until I somehow scraped enough energy together to get on that bus to go down to Texas, where I see not only the ex-boyfriend that I broke up with, who's moved on, Uh but I also see tons of these sisters from the religious order just just a week prior they were were all like oh my gosh you're gonna be here and now I'm now they're the newer ex oh Jonathan it was the most painful horrible vulnerable oh man horrific experience in my 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 adult life like those couple of days felt so painful and we've gone through many other sufferings in life, but the level of lostness I felt. Sure. And I remember, I remember going to adoration and just bawling and being like, Lord, give this grace to somebody else. Hmm. I am wrecked up. And so you better do something with this. <laughs> this sucks. You need to do something with this. Tell you told him. Now let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go back to you. So all this, I'm in this whirlwind of this is awesome. Okay, this is what this is what life's about. This is great, you know. And one of the talks that night 
big, you know, everybody's in the room talks, yeah. a keynote, mm -hmm. was Mother Assumpt along from the Dominicans of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. Yep, in, up in Michigan. Up in Michigan. I, didn't, I didn't, had no idea who this lady was. Mm. Um, so she's given this great talk, all this good stuff. Everybody loves it. Loves it. Standing over. I bet even you stood up. I stood. this one. She said Jesus enough. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, I mean, just standing up, going crazy, She's cheering, incredible. like going nuts. Mm -hmm. The MC comes back on, try to move the night along. We got some other stuff going on. We're still going crazy. He can't talk. She comes back out on, she'd left. She comes back out on stage, like for an encore. You don't give an encore to a talk. You give it to you, like a- You give you, the talk. If you were a band, you might come play one more song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't do that with talk. You <laughs> end with the punch, you know? <laughs> yes. And so, so she comes back on and she comes back up to the microphone. And by this point, I mean, they were probably what? 3,000 people yeah, yeah, yeah. At, the, at this point in the, at these conferences. And it felt like she was just talking straight to me. I don't really remember much else from her talk, but I remember this. This encore. Absolutely. She comes right back out and goes, I can't do all this alone. You have to. You are the future of the church. I, mean, I got goosebumps right now. And I, at that, in that moment, I thought, crap, do I have to be a missionary? And then the next morning, what's one of the breakout talks? Thinking about being a missionary with focus? <laughs> yes. Well played. I am. <laughs> so I went to that one and it was just a couple of missionaries like talk, just talking about it. And I thought, okay, that sounds good. And they started talking more. Like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then by the end, I was like, oh, well, here it is. This is what I have to do. Mm. No more Peace Corps. No way, man. No more teaching in the inner city. <laughs> nope. It's, that's all gone. This has been replaced. This is what, this is the pull in my heart of this is what you were made for. You've got to go do this now. Okay. Uh, so I, I fumble my way through the application and the interview process, I know enough to know what to say and what not to say. And I snuck my way in and I became a missionary. <laughs> what to say and what not I to knew say. which things to not share. <laughs> Wasn't that stupid? They gotten better at interviewing yes, now. Yes, <laughs> yes. They're much better at teasing that out. But it never would have happened if I wasn't at that conference. And it was at that moment where it went from... Yeah, yeah, Jesus is awesome. I love Jesus. He loves me. Uh, faith's really important, blah, 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 too. This, is, this life. is life. Not just the most important thing. It's the important thing. Mm -hmm. That's what happened right there in that moment. And it wouldn't have happened unless you were just walking around just the Amanda's ex expo. <laughs> So thanks. That's one way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly how it felt. <laughs> yeah. So we got to win those graces for the other person. And then later on, you know, realized we were called to marry mm -hmm. one another. <clears throat> and just that the Holy Spirit had hatched that together long before we ever could have planned it out. Mm. And we've had the chance now, you know, we both ended up joining staff 
with Focus. Um, we got married during our time on staff with Focus. We've been to many Sikh conferences. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, both working and then even as alumni, you know, we discerned uh, retiring from staff back in 2016. And we started Wallet Win, um, our business, in teaching Catholics how to manage their money from a holistic Catholic perspective and worldview back in 2017. And so we've had a chance now to go to a few of them um, as alumni. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of seen them as students on staff and now as, as alumni. As <laughs> <laughs> and they, I can say this without a shadow of a doubt, they just keep getting better. Oh, absolutely. They just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when we were helping make things happen, we had no idea what we were doing. I'm pretty sure they've got people who know what they're doing now. Yes. It's incredible. Once you've done something enough times, <laughs> you start to really, you get that that benefit of expertise that starts to to take over. And it, and you can see that in spades. Um, and this year, the SEEK conference is going to be down in St. Louis. It's actually the same place they had it last year. Mm-hmm. We were privileged to go to that last year as sponsors. Uh, we'll be sponsoring again this year. Um. And it's really beautiful because there's a whole new culture at Seek. Of course, there's majority is the college students, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not in college. I'm so far removed from college. But there's something so electric and magnetic about that age mm. and the freshness and the the vival. They're full of life. They're full of life. Yes, whatever that <laughs> word is that just can't get out of my brain <laughs> right now. They're just so full of life and um, you can, you know, even now I'm, I, I, I know that, you know, anytime we've, we, we suffered for each other at conferences and one graces. And so I love almost when, you know, you stub your toe or there's a, the lunch is delayed and you get to offer it up because <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit's going to come down good on that promise. And he's just going to blow somebody's life up mm-hmm. in the absolute best of ways. Um, he's just moving and he's so palpable at that at that event in those in those college students but then there's also now um a making missionaries disciples track so there are parishioners you know Mm -hmm. people with a little bit of gray hair people who have have got who've got kids Mm -hmm. there's even kids that attend yeah there's even kids stuff there is so families now can attend and go on these making missionary disciples track and learn how to evangelize and disciple within a parish. How do we do that? How do we take kind of that apostolic zeal into our neighborhoods and our in our parishes and our families and just the messiness of real life after college? And so there's really this graced experience, whether you're in college or you're beyond. There's really something for, for everybody there. Mm-hmm. And there's even benefactors who are you know, involved in their parishes, but they really want to see this work up close and personally. And there's really no better way than to go mm-hmm. and actually see it. You'll mm-hmm. never not want to go again. Yeah. And they, I mean, this, the, this, in the speakers they get mm-hmm. top notch. Yeah. World uh, class. It's it, and it is pretty cool going to, you know, exposition with like 20,000 other people. Mm-hmm. That's just pretty it's really crazy. Powerful. It's really neat. Yep. And they process around. Oh, yeah. They bring them around and everything. Yeah, it's, it's... big enough now. He's got to go make visits <laughs> <laughs> around the entire stadium. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really neat. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
yeah, I encourage anybody who's considering going, even if you've got kids. Last year, we did bring our oldest child and we're bringing all of our kids this year mm-hmm. because we found the the programming for the, the kids to be really, really awesome. We mm-hmm. didn't take them to the adult talks. No, you drop them off in the morning. And they're there, what, until like dinner time or so? Afternoon, yeah, till yeah. the dinner break. Um, they're bringing in, you know, Saints Alive. Yep. To do something, they got story time with the sisters, all sorts of awesome stuff. Yeah, they have really good programming and they've hired a top-notch um, care company to just be there. And there's definitely plenty of uh, adults to kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Because yeah, this yeah. is a Catholic event. You got to think about ratios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't you let don't have kids one. overwhelm you. Doesn't take long. Right, two families walk in. <laughs> oh, we're full. <laughs> So that it is going to be happening um, January 1st through the 5th. Just kick off your 2024 with 20,000 other Catholics. Mm -hmm. It's a blast. It is a blast. And right before we started recording this, we were on the Seek website. And they just announced. Oh, boy. My favorite band is performing. A band that we're actually seeing in two weeks because yes. you love them so we much. We got tickets. As soon as they, I knew they were coming to Omaha, we bought tickets the first day they were available. So we're seeing them in, yeah, two weeks. It's, and it's. And we're going to go see them again. None it's other than. Judah and the Lion. They're amazing. They're so good, man. They really are. They're so good. You are going to be in the front row with oh, all of our kids because they're be obsessed screaming. with the, They're obsessed with Judah and the Lion too. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. So come join us. Let's. Uh, body surf in the, during the Judah and the Lion conference. <laughs> and then <laughs> maybe during adoration. Who knows? No, 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 not during adoration. Anyway, you can find out more at the Seek website, which we have uh, linked in the show notes below. Seek.focus.org. Thank you for joining us as we went down a little bit of memory lane, got to share a little bit of a deeper side of our stories. This is really the foundation for why we do what we do. And who we are, who we are. It is. Bada bing, bada boom. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Walletwin program at walletwin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.